the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. So Facebook is facing some real uh, problems. Uh, and, and so are we. Security is is a growing issue cybersecurity and and your privacy and what's online what people can see what people can do we know that russia has been manipulating us we now know that uh cambridge analytica has been manipulating us do we do we really even understand this do we even really care we should William Hurtling is, a, is an author and a futurist. Uh, he has written several novels. I think I've read all of them. Uh, and I'm in the middle of his latest novel, which is called Kill Process. And it is, I mean, it was written two years ago, but it should have been written today. It is the Facebook problem. It is, it shows you how data can be used uh, by a company like Facebook. Welcome to the program, uh, William Hurtling. How are you, sir? I'm great. Thanks for having me back on. So, um, William, the 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 main company uh, that your main character is after, Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I, obviously, I wasn't going to call them Facebook in the novel, <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I call the fictional company Tomo. Okay, um, but it's supposed to be the world's largest social networking company and i really wanted to demonstrate what does it look like what are all the different ways that people's data can be used and abused in a big company like that and it's you know nearly limitless just the few uh, 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 the first few chapters and it gets worse as it goes on just in the first few chapters your main character is using and abusing the data uh, to kill people, but the way she is spying on people and collecting data, can you take us through some of the, some of the stuff that is, is realistic? I mean, it can happen. Sure. Well, everything, um, everything that you're doing all the time is being tracked, right? So we know this about a lot of things, what we search for, which web pages we look at, what we like on Facebook, who we talk to, what topics we discuss in our email, all of these things are being tracked. Um, there's other stuff too. Where was our phone? Where, when the last time it connected to Facebook to see if there were any new messages, right? There's location data. There's um, patterns of where you tend to be at different times of the day. And all of these things have some legitimate use, usages, and we can debate whether those make sense or not, but um, they are useful. Like We like when things are personalized. The reason Facebook is so compelling is because it's personalized. It gives us the relevant content we want, um, but all of this data is there. And so when it gets illegitimately used, whether it's, you know, in my novel, it's a company employee who chooses to abuse the access she has to everybody's data. She's a data analyst for the company. She has carte blanche access to all the data from all the users. And she basically mines through it to get whatever she wants about people, where they live, where they are at this moment in time, uh, who they connect to. She also can 
manipulate the data. As I'm reading this with, you know, um, uh, Cambridge Analytica in mind, I it was terrifying how she could manipulate what was in the feed, what people saw um, and how she could shape people. Right. We're we're all the sum of what we read and what we're exposed to. So everything influences us one way or the other. And there are people in control of that. There's either people or there's algorithms in control over what we see. So we're not getting uh, an unadulterated version of <laughs> of the net, right? We're getting something that's tailored specifically to us. And who's doing that? And what are their motivations, right? Um, I think about personalized ads, right? Personalized ads, if there's a band that I like that's coming to town and I find out about it just in time to buy their tickets, that's great. I love that. But if I'm being manipulated into wanting a particular car or if somebody's got maybe a body image disorder and they're seeing a lot of ads for plastic surgery, that's pretty manipulative, right? Now you're taking someone making major life and financial decisions and they're no longer reaching those decisions independently. They're doing it through a series of ongoing manipulations. So, you know, the, the, the thing that stuck, uh, stuck out um, was when they start talking about this, uh, you know, Tomo starts to talk about um, security and we're going to keep everybody's data safe. And she realizes that, no, they're not. I mean, they're using this and, and it's and they're going to use it even for more nefarious things to make money. Um, and uh, she says something along the lines of, you know, they were manipulating people and they're using this data and they're violating privacy. And then she has this moment and it's just terrifying. She, she I mean, because she's using it to manipulate people to kill people. And uh, but she says, yes, I'm doing the same thing. But I'm doing it for the greater good. <laughs> right. Um, lots and lots of things. Lots of evil things are done by people who think they're doing it for a good purpose. Right. Um, and then sometimes evil things are done by people who have very nefarious purposes. Um, one of the things I talk about in the book is we have such a richness of data that's available online what happens when it does get into the hands of a nefarious actor, right? A hacker who gets access to your personal data can discover things about you that they can exploit, right? Whether that's something major like a crime or just something embarrassing. Um, and then they can turn around and they can blackmail you or they can extort you into giving them even more compromising material, which they'll then turn around and extort you into even more. And I write about this a lot in the book um, but unfortunately, it's not just fiction, right? This is happening in the real world. When you saw um, Cambridge Analytica, what were your thoughts? Um, I, you know, my first thought is that this is one of the inherent problems about our data getting out there on the net, which is once it's out there, once it's collected, we lose control over it. Right? We can't control where it goes. Um, so, you know, the people paid, people were paid for their information. And then the first problem was more information was collected than anyone would have guessed, right? The 270,000 people who were paid by the Cambridge researcher for their data did not anticipate that they would be giving all of their friends' data <laughs> to the researcher as well. So that's problem number one. Problem number two is once all of that was collected, 
then we have no control or visibility into where it's going, right? So we don't know that it went from the Cambridge researcher to Cambridge Analytica. Uh, William, very different things. Yeah. In the book, you outline because this this woman uh, decides to stop killing people for a while and start working on a competitor to the Facebook in the book. And what you describe is fantastic. How come nobody's done that? You know, what I describe is separating out the ownership, the, the storage of data from the companies that use it so that Facebook wouldn't own your data. A private data storage company would, and you could choose a private data storage company based upon their reputation for privacy and security. And if you don't like the privacy policies of one, you vote with your dollars and you take your business somewhere else. Um, that would actually rush in innovation. Why, do, why doesn't Facebook want that? Because they want to be in control over everything. No, I know that. Um, but why hasn't somebody gone up? I mean, is, is the time just not been right? And are we approaching a time when people are going to start to, to think out of the box and say, we, we need to separate all of this stuff? I, I think you're going to see innovation that's going to push in that direction. Because the alternative is, just one ever larger monopoly, right? And monopoly is not the way capitalism is meant to operate. So you'll end up seeing more and more forces arrayed against that. Uh, yeah, that's that my hope. As, this day is coming soon. Do you think, William, that Facebook has seen its best days? Facebook is really big and they have a lot of momentum. So I don't think that they've seen their best days. You know, the one of the biggest problems is that Facebook really holds your relationships hostage. Um, every time there's a Facebook scandal, and there's been many, people will, you'll see your friends post saying, I'm leaving Facebook. Uh, and I don't mean to demean what they're doing. I think it's great to be conscious about it. But a large portion of people either don't leave or they come back within a few months. Why? Because yeah. Facebook is where their friends are. Right. If they were to leave, they've lost their relationships to their friends. Um, and that really means that Facebook can do pretty much anything they want and no one's going to leave. William Hurtling, the name of the book is Kill Process, uh, a, a great read on tech and, uh, and a great thriller, one that I, uh, uh, that I haven't, I haven't uh, read anything like it before. You'll enjoy it. Kill Process, available now. William Hurtling, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. a new uh, look at the life and death of social networks that just came out and they looked at Google Trends to see you know how these things happen and so you have like Slashdot which I don't even remember from back in like 2006 it peaked there MySpace peaked in like 2008 uh, and was basically gone by 2011 Facebook passed MySpace in 2010 and continued to go all the way up to about 2014 where it peaked also with Twitter peaked around the same time uh, Snapchat peaked in like 2016 and is already starting to fall i mean mm. snapchat's already starting to fall and the two that are rising right now are whatsapp which is owned by facebook which is the reason why you think facebook might be around for a while because they bought instagram and they bought they bought whatsapp and those they seem to be smart enough to realize to buy their competitors buy their competitors yeah and reddit still i said a, a continual rise uh, really throughout which is kind of interesting but those are uh, i mean these things can come and go but Facebook is doing something that MySpace didn't, which is at their peak, they look for their competitors and are buying them up. And that's it's a strategy that might add to their longevity. 
Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network.